Hello, welcome to Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. This is an informational podcast, and we hope you find it a valuable tool to help you understand veterinary medicine and how to better care for your animals. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud or by going to lickingvalleyvet.com and finding the education page. While you are there, take a look at our blog section for more helpful information. You can also follow Licking Valley Veterinary Hospital's Facebook page if you want regular updates on released podcasts, blogs, and videos. If you find this information helpful, please feel free to make a donation to the continuation of this content. There is a link to do this on the webpage under the podcast list. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. I had a professor once. At the end of the semester, he made everyone do a topic presentation about something in veterinary medicine. Some disease or topic that we wanted to educate everyone about. Our only restriction was we were not allowed to do a presentation on EIA. What is EIA? Equine Infectious Anemia. Horse owners know this as the Coggins test. Why did my professor not want us to talk about this topic? Because I believe everyone talked about that topic. He wanted something different and interesting to listen to. Well, all of us in the rotation for that professor did a presentation on something that we titled EIA. I forget what mine was, but we fit all our topics into an acronym of EIA. So our title slide was EIA. Our professor sighed, probably more audibly than he meant to, and then we followed the title slide with our actual topic, like equine internal animals for talking about parasites and things like that, what have you. I don't think he said anything to us about our attempt at humor, but I think he did deeply wonder why he had drawn his particular lot in life. Sadly for him, we still come back to him for sage advice and honest opinions, which we don't listen to near as much as would be wise. I think he thought we'd be gone after the semester ended. That was probably around 18 years ago. He's been a guide for me and others since we left his classroom. Somehow, students always boomerang back to the good professors in their life. Now, after having been a licensed practitioner for 11 years, administering Coggins tests for 11 years, and having been a co-owner of a Coggins lab, I fully understand why he didn't want to talk about it. However, having practiced and seeing so many people ignore the Coggins test, I believe we need to talk about it and how important it is. So I'm going to let my professor know I'm doing another lecture on EIA. So what is this disease and why is it called Coggins? That's where we will start and then we will go to why it's important in the real world. First, equine infectious anemia is a RNA virus. Once it gets in an animal, the animal is infected for life. Oh boy, this is sounding bad. Oh wait, here's some good news. It can only be spread by blood-to-blood transmission. Yes, we're saved. So far, I haven't seen one movie about vampire horses. So there must be no such thing out there. And there's no other way for horses to swap blood if they aren't vampire horses, right? Right? 
Well, this would be a short episode if that was the case. EIA is spread mostly by biting flies. Horse flies, to be specific, do the most damage, but there are other flies out there. Why horse flies? Well, they are big blood suckers, and when they bite, it hurts, so the horse kicks them off or swats them with a, its tail. This annoys the horse fly because it didn't get its full blood meal. That inconsiderate horse. Really, for the horse's neighbor, it should have let the fly finish. Because that horse happened to be acutely, or suddenly, infected with EIA. To give you an idea how infectious this disease is, one-fifth of a teaspoon of blood from an acutely positive EIA horse has enough virus to infect one million horses. Thankfully, those greedy flies don't spread blood that well. The horse fly gets enough blood on its horse fly lips and then flies off and bites another horse that didn't have EIA. Well, as soon as that horse fly bites the next horse, it has inserted blood into the horse and the EIA virus is in the body. That horse is now infected for life. What's going to happen now? Well, the horse will probably have a fever, act depressed, have low platelet count, develop an anemia, which is low red blood cells, hence where the disease gets its name. Um, the horse may also bleed, uh, become jaundiced or have yellow mucous membranes, get edema or fluid buildup, and generally becomes weak. Goodness, these animals should be easily identified and removed. Oh, wait. Or the horse could become a carrier, which is what happens with most of them. They don't show signs of the disease, but merely spread it. Yeah, that's not good. But it's treatable, right? No worries, right? No, it's not. This is a death sentence. And the United States is a death sentence because we have marked this disease as a disease we want out of the country. So if a horse gets it, there are two options for the horse. One, euthanization. The horse is killed and removed from the general population so it cannot spread the disease to other horses. Two, the horse must stay 300 meters away from every other negative horse for the rest of its life. A lifelong quarantine. This usually isn't practical except at a few facilities where they study the disease. So yes, getting infected with EIA is a death sentence. Why are we wanting to get rid of this disease? Well, it was causing such problems in the horse industry and the government decided it needed to be eliminated from the country. In 1975, 10,371 cases of EIA were detected in the United States. There were approximately 7 million horses in the United States at the time. That's roughly 0.1% of the population. Yes, it was something that could wreak havoc on the horse population and the economy. See why health professionals get worked up about COVID numbers and the amount of the population it affects? Thankfully, we are fighting EIA well. In 11 years of practice, I have never seen a case of EIA. Have I heard of cases? Yes, yes I have. There are outbreaks. Many of those outbreaks occur with horses along or coming from the Texas-Mexico border, where unsanctioned horse racing is providing an inlet of disease into the country that no wall seems to have stopped. The disease also survives in areas where horse flies are very prevalent near swampy river areas. You can have an outbreak anywhere from carrier horses that have not had an EIA test in a long time, and that is because of how we prevent the spread of the disease. How do we prevent it? The Coggins test. 
1970, Dr. Leroy Coggins developed an agar gel immunodiffusion, or AGID, or AGID test, that could effectively identify this disease. When the disease could be identified, it could be controlled. This is a blood test, and this is the blood test horse owners should be familiar with as every year they have this drawn for the horses they are traveling with. In the United States, if you take a horse off your property, you must have a negative Coggins test within the past year. There are two exclusions to this rule. First, if you are going from your property to a vet hospital. Second, if you are going from your property to another of your properties. Why are these rules so important? Sure, if we don't follow them, we could affect the horse industry negatively. But it's really about being neighborly. Remember, there is no cure for this disease. There is no vaccination for this disease. Once your horse has it, it will either die from the disease or be a carrier for life. Because of the severity of the disease, the government will likely kill the horse if it is positive. And that's why it's a neighborly disease. There are big important reasons why we want to have our horses tested to prevent the disease, but the main thing is we don't want to be the person that didn't test their horse and causes an infection of their riding buddy's horse, or be the person who brings a positive horse to a county fair and infects poor little Susie's horse. Her horse that she saved for years to buy, worked hard every day to care for, and finally to go and compete at the fair. She swatted that horse fly off that had just bitten your infected horse and then had just bitten hers. And two to three weeks later, her horse dies. Or two to three weeks later, her horse lives only to have the government come in and take her horse from her to kill it so it cannot harm more horses. It's a bad disease. We don't want it. It's horrible for our horses. Testing is not foolproof, but it has greatly reduced the disease. Where we had over 10,000 positive horses in 1975, in 2018 we only had 51 positive horses. That's a big reduction. Significantly less than 0.1%. It's a success story of the government handling disease in the country. However, we have to maintain our vigilance. A negative Coggins test only proves that horse is negative at the time of the blood draw. The horse could be infected while the blood is in transit to the lab. So what vets are doing is repeatedly testing, hence annual testing, and then slowly eliminating the disease. It's taken years to get down to only around 50 positive horses. The disease has reduced because of this testing method, but EIA has holdouts. Carrier horses staying on someone's property are not required to be tested and can spread the disease and act as reservoirs of the disease. This is one reason why all horses being sold are required to have a negative Coggins test. We are trying to catch the ones that are moving and spreading the disease. Carriers could spread the disease into your beloved herd of animals. So you and everyone have to take this disease seriously. Recently, the government has not been enforcing Coggins regulations, i.e. government officials are not checking at horse events or places horses travel to see that Coggins tests are negative. I know this because in my practice, Coggins testing has dropped. I know this because clients have told me they will just risk not having the negative test 
because they haven't been checked in years at the places they travel to. I know this because the places I travel are not checking my horses for a negative Coggins test. I know this because my friends are telling me when we are on the trails that their horses have not received a recent Coggins test. This hurts me. These are my friends telling me their afternoon on their horse is more important than my horse's life. You are my brother, Anakin! I love- oh, wait, sorry, hashtag feels. I care very much about my horse, and when people don't respect that, I feel very betrayed. On the flip side, I don't know why the government is not enforcing these rules. It may be because funding is low and they don't have enough regulatory enforcement officials. Honestly, I think they could pay for government regulators by enforcing fines on people for not having the test completed when they travel, which would get more people to run the test and thus increase the government's tax base at veterinary offices. But what do I know? But testing is decreasing. There were multiple reasons that my Coggins lab was shut down. But this was one of them. Why does this bother me? Because of little Susie's horse. And because of my horse and how I want to keep them safe. And because I'm not seeing people step up to the plate to make sure their horse has a negative test. Thankfully, for years, we have around only 50 horses test positive in the U.S. for EIA. But we have to stay vigilant because the disease is still here. EIA testing in the early 2000s was over 2 million tests. We only had about 1.2 million tests run in 2018, and while I don't have official numbers, I would expect 2020 would be lower. This means there is an increased risk to our horses. This means our neighbors are not stepping up to protect us. Besides looking at the numbers in my practice, I have seen it with situations in the practice. I've had sellers of horses yell at me for asking them to present their negative Coggins papers. How dare I ask for such things? Well, this horse crossed interstate travel lines, isn't on its farm, and is in a barn full of boarding horses, and these sellers are upset that I asked for an up-to-date test that shows proof this horse is free of a disease that could cause every horse in its barn to be killed? I dare because I'm protecting people. I'm protecting my clients' horses from a disease that could destroy their beloved animal. And yes, selfishly, I'm protecting my horses. I spend all day taking care of people's animals, and when I go to horse events and see people without a negative Coggins test, I fear my own horse will be infected. And then I remember how fear leads to anger, and anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. How can people so inconsiderate be? Uh, sorry. I mean, I wonder how people can be so inconsiderate. How people can say my horse's life matters so little to them. And when I have people who don't get a Coggins to sell a horse or travel without a negative Coggins test, that's what I hear. Other people's horses' lives don't matter as long as they can have their fun weekend or make a dollar. I hear they don't care about the lives of others around them. If you are selling a horse, get a negative Coggins test. If you are buying a horse, make sure there is a negative Coggins test. If you are leaving your property and not going to the vet or another property owned by you, get a negative Coggins test. 
it's a blood draw. The AGID test takes 48 hours to run, but science has developed something even quicker, an ELISA test which can have results back to you in mere hours. Get this test. Follow Coggins guidelines. It's the law and it's the decent thing to do. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nathan. I hope this information was helpful to you and gives you a little more perspective on the world. If you want to reach out to us, email us at theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends about our podcast and check out lickingvalleyvet.com for information on blogs, videos, and the complete list of podcasts in our education section.